0: Welcome back to spirit school. I don't know the last time I have been this excited to do an interview and publish a podcast episode. We have a really phenomenal um, guest here today. His name is Michael Johnson. He is the creator of the TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram pages of Glowing Ghost Paranormal. How are you doing today, Michael?
1: I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, good. Oh, I'm so glad. Trust me. I'm I'm grateful that you're here. I know that this is a topic that I can't always speak to because I am of two mindsets of it all. And that's why I was so excited to get to meet you and see the really integral work that you do with this topic and have you on to answer some of the questions that my audience continually asks me and are so curious about. So thank you.
1: Of course, I'm excited and I will answer them to the best of my ability.
0: Yes. And, and just know, like, whatever you say, it's just kind of like, it gives us food for thought. Right. I always tell people in my audience, like, hear something, don't take in everything somebody else says, like discern and like, you know, feel into if your soul resonates with it. So just asking people to be flexible, be open-minded um, and then just like have fun with this conversation. Right. So
1: exactly. take what you want and leave the rest.
0: Yes, I love it. So I'd love to just kind of start off to have you kind of introduce a little bit about yourself to the audience.
1: So, yeah, um, I've been investigating the paranormal for quite some time now. Um, It really started when I was a teenager. Um, When I was 16 years old, instead of going to high school parties where everybody else was, I would drag my friends to the local cemetery and we would walk around looking for anything we could find. That would be signs of the paranormal. And it was funny like thinking back at it now because back then I used to have my dad's like big camcorder, the ones that you would like have to put on your shoulder, and we'd walk around at cemeteries with that. And that was kind of like my introduction to ghost hunting. And then, you know, watching shows like Sightings and um, Unsolved Mysteries anything that just was thought provoking in the realm of paranormal. I just loved, I soaked it up and I wanted to know more. And I just kept going from there and um, started a YouTube channel like six years ago now, five or six years ago, and started posting my investigations and um, different topic videos on the paranormal up there. And then recently started doing TikTok because, you know, that's the, the craze with all the kids these days. So I thought I'd jump on that bandwagon. And it's just, it's just always been a passion of mine. You know, how some people feel like they were born to play music or an instrument or something like that. And I feel like this is kind of my passion. I just feel like it's something I've always been into.
0: Yeah. I love that. And so did this get sparked by an experience you had when you were younger?
1: You know, I definitely had experiences when I was younger, um, but I don't think any one specific event triggered it or led me down that path. I feel like it was something that I've just always loved from as far back as I can remember. I've always loved Halloween. I've always loved horror movies, anything to do with ghosts or anything spooky. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's just something that I've always been into. And one of my me- memories is being very young and my, I just wanted to watch the movie Halloween. It was, it was actually on Halloween. I got home from trick or treating. I must've been like, I don't know. I was young, like probably too young to be watching horror movies, but I was like, mom, I don't watch this movie Halloween. It's Halloween. Can we watch it? And she just sat down with me and watched it. And I think I was like seven, eight years old. And I just, it was from a young age. I just wanted to be involved in that world.
0: Yes. I love it. I had a very similar childhood where me and my friend, Mary, we used to be just hustlers in the neighborhood. We're like, how can we earn money? We'd like return pop bottles. We'd like wash cars. We would like weed lawns and we put half for Disneyland and we'd spend half on horror movies and subway cookies. <laughs> and we would watch all the Freddies, all the Jason's. I remember as a kid, the scariest movie I'd ever seen was the changeling, which was actually filmed in Vancouver. I don't know if you've seen that one but it was about the little boy who drowned in the bathtub and was like haunting the house. And that one kind of made me lose sleep. Did you ever have a movie that actually made you lose sleep?
1: It was, it was the child's play movie. Cause I remember watching the, like the first child's play movie. And at that time, do you remember the, the, my buddy dolls?
0: Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. I had one of those. And then I was terrified of it from <laughs> then on, like I used to actually, before I went to bed at night, I used to tie it up and put it in my closet because I was afraid that it was going to come alive while I was trying to sleep. So that was one of them that terrified me as a kid.
0: I I was scared of wheelchairs after the changeling because in the movie, the wheelchair would follow this guy around the house. and It was like one of those old, like early 1900 ones. And I remember like running home because I kept feeling like this wheelchair was like facing, like chasing me. (laughs) like such a bad thing to be scared of but I didn't look at them the same again after that my whole life so I totally feel you on that
1: I don't blame you even now when I go we were we went to Yorktown Memorial Hospital and they had a bunch of um old not even real old but they had a bunch of wheelchairs and some antique ones in the hallways and there's just something really eerie or spooky about you know you just kind of picture them slowly creeping down the hallway on their own and it's just spooky
0: Yes. And growing up, where my paranormal stuff kind of came from is for some reason I was just so drawn to Sylvia Brown. I watched her on Montel every week, right? Or every last Wednesday of the month. Like you two, you're pointing to yourself. You're like, yes. She was really kind of like for us, a trailblazer in the mediumship path, right? And I read all of her books, all like 40 plus of her books I read. And She used to have a couple significant stories about ghosts, like around the Sarah Winchester house and the Sunnyville, California Toys R Us. And those were kind of like my early experiences. I remember about like, whoa, there's ghosts. And with Sylvia, because she was the first medium that was in my awareness, I believed everything she said. I was like, well, this woman knows, right? And so I got into paranormal investigation after I started reading her books and I joined a group called Vancouver Paranormal and I spent three years with them, just going to people's houses. Um, And then I went to Chillingham Castle, which was the first episode of Most Haunted. Did you ever watch that show? Most Haunted with Yvette Fielding and you know Derek Akora, who unfortunately just passed away like a year or two ago. I remember reading that. But um, the first episode of Chillingham Castle, and I married a guy from England. I said, take me to Chillingham Castle. It was the first place I wanted to go. And I got to spend two nights in the tower there. It was mm-hmm. so cool. So did you get to travel at all to go check out some of your favorite haunted locations?
1: So uh, mostly within the U.S. Um, traveling. I, I do a, quite a lot of traveling, you know, to the East Coast and back. And uh, for some reason, there's a lot of haunted places in the Midwest, like Kansas, Iowa, and so a lot of times I'm going to that area, to like the McIntyre Villa, the Blaskax Murder House, the Sally House, the Garnet. Like, for some reason, <laughs> the Midwest just has a whole bunch of hauntings. Um, one of the coolest places that I've gone to, I didn't investigate there, but we went to Paris for vacation. And I'm like, while we're here, I have to go to the catacombs. Like, that's one of the things that I really want to see. And so we went to go down into catacombs and did like a two, two and a half hour tour. And it's just, it's, it's just mind blowing down there. Wow.
0: And I have some questions about Skinwalker Ranch as well, because I know that you were there. And I wonder what it is about, you know, when I, I can't remember where I heard this, but there was like an Irish medium. I think that was asked like, why, why is there so many hauntings like in Ireland? And his reason was that, everyone's just so open to it. There's not a whole lot of like disbelief around it. Everyone's just kind of like open to spirit there. Right. And so that was kind of one of the experiences. And I wonder if that's similar with the Midwest. I don't know. I, I've never met anyone from there personally. Uh,
1: um, I don't know. I haven't been to Skinwalker ranch though. I've been to, oh. I was, there was a place called, um, it was a Skinwalker cave. It's in, right. in Nevada. Um, and so we went to that area and it was one of the areas where there was a bunch of, you know, like skinwalker sightings and um, deep within the cave, um, there was rumors of a, a girl that passed away there and people hearing Tommy knockers and just a whole bunch of different like paranormal phenomena. And uh, like, for some reason, it's just all seen in that one one area. Mm-hmm. So it is weird how some places become like a hot spot.
0: Yeah. Have you been to Shasta? Did you get to experience like, I hear there's lots of like UFO experiences out there. I haven't. Okay. We have places we got to go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is exciting to know because the second the borders open up, like Shasta's like my first to do. Right. I'm like, I got to get to Shasta. Then I got to get to Malibu to see one of my friends. Um, so maybe we'll plan to meet there or something. That That'd would be, be really cool. It. Would it would be really be, cool. Yeah, because lots of like, you know, where I live in the Pacific Northwest, like Bigfoot's really big here, even Paranormal Caught on Tape, which is still one of my favorite shows. I have questions about that as well. But there's lots from Squamish and you know the Gibaldi uh mountains where that surround me around like Bigfoot sightings, which are just phenomenal footage compared to like the 80s and 90s when we had like the cameras, like you say, right?
1: Have you seen um Expedition Bigfoot?
0: I I have. Yes, I have. Excellent documentary. I definitely believe in Bigfoot and Sasquatch. Like, my brother's had an experience um, in one of our indigenous communities around here where their um, icon is actually of the community of Sasquatch. And even in Squamish, down some of the roads, it's like Bigfoot walking across the street instead of like people. Like, it's just so accepted and open here.
1: That's really cool.
0: (laughs) It is. You should come up here too. It's fine. I'm going to have Michael as well next year up here. It's going to be exciting. So, Okay. So a couple other questions I have about your early days, and I really want to focus a lot of our time together on the Instagram questions I had, because I asked my audience, like, what do you want to know? And my gosh, my Instagram blew up and I just did a live for 20 minutes before I hopped on with you. And everyone's like, it was the most viewers I've ever had for one on a live (laughs) and people are just so curious. So in the early days, like for me with paranormal investigation, like I, I sought out a group cause I was like, teach me like, how does one do this? And it sounds like you kind of like intuited it and like kind of figured it out on your own. Did you ever join a group or do you just start what you wanted?
1: <laughs> I never joined a group. Um, I was, I just kind of taught myself along the way. I watched a lot of other shows. I watched, I watched groups, um, and just kind of like absorbed everything that it could. Naturally, um, I'm just a very shy person. And, you know, I have social anxiety. So to reach out and join a group of people that I've never met before, it was just something that always kind of scared me a little bit. I'm like, "Mm, I think I'll just do this on my own. Um, And so yeah, I've just kind of done everything on my own so far. And, you know, now that, Um, I've been in the YouTube field and social media and stuff for a while. I've met people that I've become friends with and we investigate together now. But um, I I was never a part of a, a, a formal paranormal group or anything like that.
0: You kind of like inadvertently started your own. It looks like, cause I saw hope medium who I love on TikTok as well was with you recently. And I was so excited for that. Yeah. So.
1: It was my first time meeting hope and Samantha and they were great. There were a lot of fun and we're trying to plan our next, our next outing. So that'd be fun.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some selfish questions first, and then I'll get to the Instagram one. Sure. So I'm curious about, You know, what is like some of the most undeniable evidence that you have, uh, whether it was caught on camera or audio that you just like covered in shivers, you're like undeniable that this exists.
1: Um, I, you know, some of my favorite pieces of evidence are things that you hear in real time. Um, you know, it's always exciting when you get home and you're reviewing the footage and you catch EVPs or something like that, but. The things that you hear in real time, and then also can you know show your audience later that you caught this. That's my favorite stuff. Um, when we were on the USS North Carolina battleship, we had a lot of disembodied voices that we were hearing. Um, one of my one of my favorite pieces that always sticks out though is uh, we're doing a spirit box session at the Beliska Axe Murder House, and uh, there are two. I think five children, five, or I can't remember if it was five or six children that passed away in, in the home. And so it, the area, the home is known to have a lot of children's spirits. And so we were rolling a ball on the floor while we had the spirit box going. And while we were rolling the ball, a voice came through the spirit box and said, catch it. And so when you get really cool pieces of evidence like that, you know, when you're trying to interact with, with a child and you're rolling a ball and you hear a voice say, catch it, like that's really cool things that, that pop up. Um, also, when we were on the, the battleship, we were sitting in like the Med Bay area. We we're sitting with our backs up against the wall. We said, let's just turn off all the lights and we'll see what happens. We we're kind of asking the spirits there, to make a noise if we we're gonna count down from 10 to one and once got to one just any sign you could give us so we counted all the way down and we heard this it, it was the loudest bang i've ever heard it it literally sounded like somebody took like a, a piece of metal and like hit it against the the metal walls of the ship it was so loud and so we thought well let's let's do it again let's see if we can have it do it again Sure enough, we counted down to one again and same noise. So we decided to get up and look around and kind of see if we could figure out where it was coming from. The only thing we think it could have been is um, right down the hallway from where we were, there was a door and attached to the door is a huge like um, metal padlock. Mm -hmm. And if you take that padlock and hit it against the door, it makes that same loud sound. But when we found it, the padlock was down against the door. So yeah. uh, something had to have lifted up and hit it against there. So that was really cool. Um, those are some things that, that definitely stand out to me. To this day, and I've been investigating for a long time, I still have not seen like a full-bodied apparition. So what a, it's like, one of my aspirations, my goals, and one of these days, I'll get it. Um, you know, I've seen shadows, things move out of the corner of my eye, but mm-hmm. ever just a full on apparition.
0: Yeah. And do you use like your spirit team, like to help you on these investigations? Like, do you ask, like, with intention, just saying, can you show me? like using like your guides, angels, like, do you believe in that kind of stuff? Do you use that in your advantage? I do,
1: And, you know, I haven't up until recently, because I didn't start my, my medium journey until this past December. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now when I go on investigations, I do, and we were at the Garnett house and I, I was just in my head, sending out the intention, you know, if If there's anybody around, could you please give me a sign? And within seconds after that, the REM pod started going off, um, detecting a five degree temperature change in the room. So that was really cool to, you know, kind of send out that intention and then it to come through, you know, uh, with like some type of evidence. The only thing that's hard about that is, you know, when you're filming something for YouTube, if you're sending that intention out in your head, it's not something that people can really see. Right. Um, and so after it happened, then I had to explain, you know, I was sending that intention out in my head and, but I've just recently started to do that.
0: I love that. And so that kind of takes me, we met in a a mediumship development container, which is how we originally met. And I just think you're like the sweetest guy. I was like, then I saw you just on my FYP page. I was like, hey, that's him. And I kind of put it all together. And um, I just really enjoyed your energy. And I do think anyone who watches any amount of your content will know how much integrity you have. And so I believe that even if you say things like that after the fact, he, most people will just say like, this is a genuine guy, right? Like he's yeah. not trying to pull the wool be between our eyes or whatnot. So, um, I do, I do love that. So did this obviously spark an interest in mediumship? Like, are you wanting to like, kind of have an intelligent conversation with these spirits? Like how did this kind of unfold for your mediumship development?
1: So, um, you know, medium, mediumship is something that I've always been very very interested in and like you um I was introduced to Sylvia Brown you know when I was a lot younger and she was just one of those people that I like I loved her when she was on Montel I like you I read all of her books and like I just couldn't get enough of her and a lot of what um she would talk about with, you know, the afterlife, it really resonated with me. And I really enjoyed listening to her. And it just kind of felt right. And, um, you know, she was never really fear based in her in what she was saying either. And I liked that. And so um, it's something I've always been interested in, but I never knew really how to get into it or how to find a mentor, how you know, like, where do I go from here? Yeah. Um, and so um, being on TikTok, I came across Megan Elisa, and, and we started talking on there. And um, she was just like, you know, my, my mentor was Michael Mayo, you should definitely check him out if you're interested in in finding a mentor. And it's just kind of it's history now, you know, it's one of those things that I really, really enjoy. It's, it's taught me a lot about myself and the spirit world. And, um, yeah, I just look forward to like continuing.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that. Yeah. I'll I'll kind of share some of my, my beliefs around this after, but thank you for sharing that. I'm very excited. And I love the synchronicities. I also see so much with people who are called to mediumship because of course we all have the ability to connect with spirit, right? We're all made up of the same stuff. We, are all equally as magical, but not all of us are meant to awaken to the ability, just part of our life path. And I do see very common, um, a commonality between people who get into mediumship, especially in their like later life, not like we're later life, but you know, when we're a bit older, who were interested in Sylvia Brown as a kid and the, you know, John Edwards and James from probably like some of those like really, really for our generation, um, you know, trailblazers of this path that really kind of made it mainstream and really took some punches out there for the craft and made way for us. So I do see that as kind of being like this little marker that spirits like, just be interested. Just let this be in your awareness and it will all make sense later. And I say that, like, I can't tell you how many people I talk to on Instagram. They're like, I love Sylvia. And I'm like, well, and then all of a sudden you're following me and you're listening to my podcast. Like there's not a mistake, right? Like it's spirits kind of like door opening, like check it out. Just see what happens. Just see what happens. So a big question I have, and I've heard different, and this is where, uh, I think there's like a divide in the world when it comes to paranormal stuff, but what is the difference between like a ghost paranormal spirit, right? Like earthbound, gone to heaven. Cause when I think about those kids, like an example of those kids, I mean, that's an intelligent communication. Are they then ghost earthbound or are they spirit for coming from heaven to have this experience with you? Like what's, where did your beliefs land with this? I feel like my
1: belief system has evolved and changed over time, which I think is natural for anybody that is open to learning and open to different viewpoints and listening to other people. And I feel like since I've started working and developing as a medium, I feel like it's changed a lot. Um, You know, one of the things is, when I first started investigating, it was just always t- like one of the things you'll especially hear paranormal investigators say a lot is uh, like a, a trapped spirit or somebody that's like bound to the home or or something like that. And so um, that's kind of what I was always taught or learned is that you know some spirits just get trapped in a house and some don't cross over. And that view has changed for me a lot. Um, I don't necessarily believe that spirits get trapped or stuck to a house or anything like that. Um, for me, I think a lot of hauntings are more residual residual type energies where um, you know everything is made of energy and we leave an imprint. And I think um, places that have had a lot of trauma or dramatic events, stuff like that, I think that energy just kind of leaves an imprint in the area. And some of that can just loop over and over, not necessarily a spirit that is trapped there creating um, that activity. Mm. That being said, there are places where you'll get a lot of intelligent responses where a spirit is communicating with you. And um, the way that I think about it now is when you're working mediumistically, you set that intention out there for... You know, the sitter's loved one to come through. So, why isn't it the same when we go into a, a haunted location if we put that intention out there for the previous residents of that home to come through? Why can't they come through the same way that, you know, somebody's loved one would during a reading? And so, that's kind of the way it feels for me right now, um, other people, you know, they're, they're entitled to believe that spirits can be trapped or or earthbound, or, but that's just not something that I really subscribe to anymore. So I I definitely think it's more residual energy or setting that intention for the spirit to talk to you and, you know, they'll come through.
0: Yeah. I love this. And so your world must have been rocked then in the past, like six, seven months with this big shift. Hey,
1: yeah, well cuz you know it's you know a lot of things once you start developing as a medium and you know listening to other people's perspectives and experiencing things it doesn't really make sense for spirits for me it doesn't make sense for them to get trapped you know if if you're here just to learn a lesson or to develop as your your soul goes on and why would you why would you want to be stuck here afterwards why wouldn't you want to go back home you know what I'm saying um and that being said if we if we have a team of guides and angels and loved ones around us all the time I don't think they would just leave us here you know <laughs> say well if he wants to be stuck there let him be stuck there you know and I I, it just doesn't make sense to me
0: yeah and I I think to you this is very interesting for me to hear from because I didn't know this before we obviously kind of hopped on, right? And um, if we have so much divine free will in this embodiment, right? We have so much divine free will, like why would that shift and change after we kind of transition to like be stuck, right? Unless like we choose to stay. And like what would that look like? Like, why would we choose to like stay in a house or a location or whatnot? So I agree with you. And it's it's interesting to hear your perspective because I w- the same thing happened to me. I shared this story a little bit on my live right before we hopped on where I really believed in hauntings and ghosts. And like, I was in that group for years and I spent all my Friday and Saturday nights at people's houses <laughs> right. I would like come home from work. I'd sleep till nine and I would be there until about five in the morning and do it all over again the next day. Like that's what, actually how I chose to spend my time. And we did have experiences. Um, and so I did carry those as ghosts and earthbounds with me for a very long time. And then I started developing mediumship kind of like you say, and it was a few years in, I didn't think about it too much, but I remember being at a workshop with Mavis Patilla in 2015, um, where, she said, you don't have to go around rescuing earthbound spirits. There is no such thing. And my brain exploded all over that room. And I was like, my whole childhood was ripped away from me for one day. Right? All those movies I rented from Blockbuster. I'm like, wait a second. Like I kept the industry running as a kid. And I was so shocked. I had to go to my mentor at the time and say like, what did she mean? Like there's no, earth because I knew people who I was studying alongside too, who were like, like charging to clear out energies out of their houses and stuff. And it really kind of gave me some food for thought. That was the first time I heard a different perspective on it. And it really opened up my awareness. And much like you are starting to come to the realizations, like I've actually never met a spirit who's talked about anybody being earthbound or like caught or stuck, or it just wasn't my reality when I started actually having intelligent communication with the world of spirits. So I had to open up my awareness and my, philosophies around it as well and that became really uncomfortable because I also find out there there's a big device and this was one of the questions that came from Instagram your thoughts on the divisiveness in the mediumship community on the beliefs around earthbound spirits or not because what I find is if you speak up about this like what you and me are talking about right now a lot of people get really offended right and do you find that do you see that out there
1: yeah you know a lot of times if I say like I don't think that spirits can get trapped or are earthbound. There are a lot of people and there are a lot of um, other mediums that will get offended because they will claim that, well, I've crossed over a lot of spirits. I've helped a lot of spirits cross over. And I'm just like, why do you think, why do you think they need your help? Like if they like, if they have their own spirit team around them, why would they why would they need somebody on in this world to help them cross over? Um, and I I I don't want to take away their experiences because their experiences are their own and they're entitled to that. It's just something that I don't think a spirit needs our help to cross over. And it's the same thing if I say, I don't really believe in negative entities or demons and stuff like that a lot of people get really really upset about that and they'll like well I had this experience when I was a kid and it was horrible and I'm like yeah you probably did have that experience but then you have to really look at what your belief system is and how did you grow up did you grow up with a fear-based belief system that taught you that demons were real that if this happened to you then it was demonic and you know so you have to kind of look at what made you believe that this was evil or bad or demonic.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that was another question someone had, what's your perspective on demons? So there you just, this conversation is just crossing them all off. Yeah. So is it right to say then, like, let me just kind of throw this out there. I've never said this. I've never thought about this, but The fact that I think we have similar beliefs here where yes, there are places like haunted locations that hold a lot of energy because we put a lot of intention into them. They, we give it a lot of energy as well, um, as well as everything that occurred there. And you go connect with spirit in these places because they are so charged with energy. Like, does this kind of make sense? Yeah.
1: You know, it's like, let's say, for example, you walk into a room where somebody's really upset or angry you can feel that energy when you walk into the room i feel like it's the same thing when you walk into a house or a building that has had a lot of that type of energy left there where a lot of traumatic events are happening or you know somebody was murdered or you know anything like that i think it leaves like this imprint behind and i think a lot of times you can feel that energy i feel like that energy kind of gives off its own signs and signals um but then I do believe that, you know, like I said before, you know, you put that intention out there to speak to the spirits that were there. I think sometimes they do come through and and give you signs and will leave intelligent responses for you to pick up on.
0: I love that. Thank you for being so grounded with that, Michael. I think of, I don't know if you've ever done table tipping. Um,
1: I haven't Yeah. See, this is the one thing that, has upset me about starting my mediumship journey during the whole COVID era is everything I've done. has been through zoom and I can't wait to get like with a group of people in person and like do like, you know, traditional things like with a group of people, you know?
0: Well, you have pretty much the coolest people in the universe in your little corner of the world. Like I have no doubts when all this is done, you're going to have a bomb ass group to sit with. But I sat with a very integral very spiritual medium, um, for my first three and a half years of development. And one day she said to us, we've, and we sat the same group for, for years, it's just like one hour a month, five hours a day, we would do mediumship development. That's how I developed in my really early years. And one day she said, we have enough power. We can create physical phenomenon. And I was like, well, what's about to happen? <laughs> like, and there's like six of us, right. Aging from like 21 to like like same woman every month. It was so magical. I can't even tell you. And it reminds me of you counting down from 10, right? That gives it so much energy. Mm-hmm. And so what she did was she we put our hands on a table and she's like, start singing happy birthday. And so we all start singing happy birthday, pretty much happiest song that exists on the planet. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most still to this day profound. Like I get covered in shivers and I want to cry every time I talk about it, because this table for over an hour, talked to us. And it was this spirit communicator, this guy, Chris, who was the brother of one of the um, people holding the table. It was actually her birthday that day. We didn't even know why we were singing happy birthday. And this thing did like tipping with the alphabet, like spelling out its name, Chris. It lifted as high in the air. We couldn't even touch it. It was running around this whole room. We were chasing it. And I was brought to my knees, humbled by the energy that we can create with intention, with, you know, pure intention with wanting to do the best that we can. And it was such a profound moment for me, because I think about all the haunted shows, which I love, and I still watch. And I think if there was scary music playing, this would have been paranormal activity. And because we were there with love, we got to see one of our sisters have this incredible, phenomenal life-changing communication with her brother who had passed a few years before it was beautiful music, right? It was this divine experience that we had. And so I think about that a lot because if we weren't ready three years before, right, we were ready after three and a half years of sitting for spirit, working with spirit in such a beautiful way, and the fact that they can come through physically for us like that, but there's something to using your voice. And so in your next investigations, like do the counting and the singing, I'd be so curious to see what comes up for you. Have you heard of these types of experiences with that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I have, you know, and it's, and that's one of the reasons I guess why I get really um, worked up when I do see like other creators on TikTok and YouTube and stuff creating staged or faked, paranormal activity like that because I know that these things really do happen Um, but it it takes away the like it takes away like the value or the specialness of these real things that really do happen when people are creating these fake scenarios and um, just kind of making them whenever it happens it's something bad or something demonic or something evil like I don't know why but whenever some type of great activity happens, people always think for some reason it's it's bad. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the lens that you're looking through. Um, And, you know, it's one of the things that, like, I was guilty of at first too when I started investigating. For example, when I would go, I went to an investigation at the McIntyre Villa um, before I started developing as a medium and we went down into the basement. And when I was down there, I immediately just felt like, I had the, the worst headache on the right side of my head and it just came out of nowhere. And back then I thought this must be like a mean spirit. This must be somebody that's out to hurt me, out to get me. Um, but through developing as a medium, you know, you learn that, okay, this must've been somebody trying to show me how they passed or something regarding, is like some type of evidence that they want to bring through. And sure enough, there was somebody um, that had passed away in the basement from being hit in the head. And so, you know, we have to remember that just because we're feeling something like, say, for example, we're feeling short of breath or we feel whatever you want to feel. It doesn't mean that that spirit is attacking you or it means harm or you have to, you kind of have to like think, okay, what could they be trying to show me?
0: Mm. Absolutely. And going back to most haunted, I'm sure you remember Derek Acora's possessions that happened almost every week. And this was at the same time I was reading Sylvia Brown and watching John Edwards on TV. So it was such a dichotomy for me because I was like, Oh my God, like this can happen, this possession. And it didn't really glamorize. It's like mediumship, right? A lot of us are like, that's what mediumship is. I mean, it was just so harmful, right? It was just so freaking harmful, and I've been watching some of the debunking videos that you guys have been doing on TikTok, and I just want to say bravo like, thank you so much for doing things like that because like I'm gullible. Like I'm somebody who believes everything off the bat. Like you have to kind of like prove me wrong. Cause I just see the best in people. My friend says you just see everyone's higher self. Right. And -hmm. until I'm shown otherwise, I kind of like lose trust, but you guys doing these videos, I'm like, yeah, it is really easy to get kind of sucked in to this kind of stuff. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of harm out there when it comes to, um, spirituality and like spiritual beliefs. So Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm going to be posting this today on Friday, June 11th. And tonight you're having a conversation with Megan and Alyssa on TikTok. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So what time is that at?
1: Um, so it's at seven o'clock uh, Pacific standard time.
0: Okay. So 10 o'clock Eastern for the people out there. Cause I know people are waiting for this episode to drop today. So I know they're going to be able to catch it and I'm going to catch it tonight too. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see what comes up because you guys are so passionate on TikTok about like normalizing spirituality, normalizing mediumship, um, simplifying it almost and getting rid of like, like those fear-based type teachings. So I'm really excited for that. Um, so do you see, I didn't think I was going to ask this, but like, do you see your paranormal investigation work changing at all now that you're developing as a medium? Are you still just as interested in it? Like what's, what's the next phase for you with this? I
1: do. I do want to incorporate, um mediumship into my work more. Um, I've just been waiting to until I feel, you know, because as you're developing, you're still working on how to take your own thinking brain out, your own ego out and um, decipher what is what is you, what is spirit. Um, and you know, it really is about bringing through evidence and things that can be verified. And so I've just been waiting until I feel comfortable and grounded enough in my mediumship before I start sharing that um, in my videos or anything like that. But when the time does come, it's something that I do want to incorporate, especially, um, you know, I would love to go into places and not read any history about them, not read kind of like the background and just, you know, see what I can pick up on my own and incorporate that into my videos. And, you know, and then when I come home, come back, do the research and, you know, hopefully things will match up. And um, I do see it. I do see myself using medium tools that way. Um, I still haven't decided if it's something that I want to do in like a traditional sense of like, sitting with a sitter and giving readings and stuff like that. Um, I not that I don't want to, it's just, I've never thought of it yet. When I started developing as a medium, it was always to enhance or further my investigations. I love Uh, that. Yeah.
0: That warms my heart. I really love hearing that. So thank you so much for saying it like that. Um, one thing I just kind of want to go back to, which I think is really important that you said around that feeling of the sensation on the side of the head. And before you kind of, you know, spiritually grew like through mediumship development, it was like an attack. And then after mediumship development, you're like, Oh, this is actually um, communication. And you know, I work mostly clairsentiently. So like even yesterday I worked with a woman in spirit who had breast cancer and like, I could feel it. Like it's physical. I mean, I can feel strokes, can feel depression. I could feel aneurysms. Um, and, you know, think about the Derek Accord days where it's like, get off of me. It's not like that at all. It's very subtle. It's, it's, it's more connected to the thought and the transfer of thought than we even realize. Right. And if you think about people who are amputees and they have that ghost sensation on their legs, it's kind of like that it's connected to the brain in, in a lot of ways. So I think that's really important for people to know out there who have, I've been touched. They've grabbed my leg. Right. like, it could be a loving spirit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also, you know, all the communication that I've had to, like you've said, it's it, like now that I've developed I can tell the difference but before I couldn't but I can tell what is what is me and what is spirit um you know when when they're bringing me to an area like my heart or my head or you know something like that it's it's not um, to the point where, I actually feel like I'm having a heart attack is just the awareness of this area. And I feel like I need to talk about, um, like a pain or, you know, something like that. And, um, yeah, I I think you just, as you're developing, you learn that, okay, this is communication. This isn't like you said, an attack.
0: Mm, I love that. Ah, grounded conversation. I'm really excited about this. Okay. So now we're going to move to the Instagram questions and just like for, to honor your time and to make sure I, I was saying, I was like, Oh my God, this could be like a two hour episode in the end. And I try to keep things in an hour under for the audience. Um, so we'll just try to kind of rapid fire the Instagram comments that came through. If you're cool with that,
1: I'm, I'm ready.
0: Okay. So do you have a theory why different spirits make themselves known to certain people?
1: You know, I think either one, it's because, of the, you know, say for example, it's a family member or some, somebody of importance. I feel like that would make a spirit come through more um or either that i feel like the person is just more open to it i feel like if people are more open to having experiences or more open to the spirit world i feel like those are the people that have a lot more experiences so i think it's just your own openness to it um and why a spirit would present themselves um and and also you know whether we know it or not we're setting intentions and boundaries um if, if you have that fear or you're scared and you're like have that intent that you don't want to see anything you don't want to experience. I feel like the spirit world's good, good at boundaries and they won't show themselves if, if you have that fear. Mm, I love that. That's a very good point.
0: Okay. Are most shows fake?
1: Um, okay. So I feel like most shows do have some pieces of evidence that are real, but that being said, it is TV. Everything is produced. If, um, if they did an hour long investigation and nothing happened, it wouldn't be very good TV. So I do feel like things are embellished. I do think things, um, uh, like I said, are produced, but there are some some good ones out there. Um, I just personally don't watch any, I I honestly, I don't watch any paranormal TV shows. Um, If I do watch anything, it's just other investigators on YouTube. Um, I will say kindred spirits, I think is one that if I had to recommend to people, that would be one that I'd recommend.
0: Okay. I haven't heard that one. So I will look at that. I still love paranormal caught on tape. I know some of them are just bananas, but there's some that like, there's a lot of alien stuff on there too. And a lot of Bigfoot stuff on there. So like I watch it for all that as well and i'm hoping now to ask you to come back just to have an alien episode and ufo episode if you're cool and down with we that. Do that we can definitely do <laughs> that extending another cuz i don't think we're going to get to that today yeah. but i have so many questions about the ce5 protocol and like yeah aliens are totally my jam my instagram audience knows i go live about aliens a lot um so i, I want do- to so I'm
1: yes. with that.
0: so i want to do that okay have you ever heard voices i think you answered that earlier but you could talk about that
1: Yes, I've definitely heard disembodied voices while investigating. It's probably one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to hear or experience.
0: Yeah. I wonder if that will come up a lot in your mediumship as well. Like Claire Audience comes now for me, but not disembodied and like not um, you know, objective Claire audience. I get more subjective, but I wonder if you'll experience that, like some of the great Claire Audience mediums. I hope
1: so. Um, as of right now, I haven't. Most of my information comes clairsentiently or, or clairvoyantly, um, but I hope that's one of the clairs that develops later on for me because it, it would be very helpful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sure, it would make things a lot easier. I know. I know. i have like read the old transcripts of Helen Hughes readings. I'm like, how? Like, yeah how does one do that and Mm -hmm. so it's pretty phenomenal clear audience so um so like five people ask this but do spirits follow you home why would they because you're so nice
1: yeah (laughs) like here's my my thought you know like I'll see a lot of creators and stuff say oh this this entity followed me home or I have an attachment and stuff like that and you know first of all I don't really believe that spirits are stuck anywhere or would follow you home but the question I always wonder is like say for example a spirit was trapped in a home and they were they were haunting it for 100 years why all of a sudden are they going to leave the place that they've been for 100 years to come home with you Um, what I tell people is I feel like for me especially after I leave an investigation and come home since I've been so open to the paranormal and looking for it I feel like that openness it, that comes home with you. And so when you're home, you're still more open to the spirit world. And that's why you start to experience um, more stuff once you come home is because you were just in that environment, opening yourself up. And I, I feel like when you come home, you're still open. And so you'll have more
0: experiences. Incredible. I love how you describe things. I love that. Okay. So do you see the difference between energetic imprint and spirit bounds to property? Maybe repeating yourself.
1: Um, I, I feel like most of what we experience is like imprinted energy, residual energy. But like I said, I, I do think that, um, with intention spirits that have crossed over, will come back to communicate intelligently.
0: I love it. Okay. Um, so somebody asked kind of about the trap spirits. Do you think ghosts, like, do you believe in ghosts? How about that?
1: You know, I feel like, you know, couple of years ago, I used to firmly believe that ghosts were earthbound souls and spirits were people that have crossed over. Now, really, I just use the terms interchangeably, ghost and spirit. I kind of feel like it's the same thing, especially now that I really don't believe that that spirits get trapped here as ghosts, you know, so I use ghost and spirit interchangeably. And I know some people might think otherwise or or, or think there's a, or believe that there's a differentiating factor between the two, but for me, they're the same thing.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. So I'm just, cause I'm sifting through them because I think we've covered some of the topics that people yeah. were saying, um, but this is a really good one too. Is there a ritual or something that you do before investigations, maybe protection or like, I don't know. I think that's kind of what they're asking. Um, I
1: don't um I don't really feel like there's anything to fear. I don't I don't believe in attachments, I don't believe in demons, I don't believe in um possession. So for me, um I don't, you know, if I come home and I feel like my energy is a little funky, then you know, like I'll do like smoke clearing or something like that. But um, but that's just kind of for myself. My and that's just for energy around me and not necessarily to get rid of any spirits. It's just, you know, it's just like a cleansing ritual for myself.
0: I love it. So what's your advice to people who at their current phase of their development right now do believe in attachments, do believe in demons? Like, do you have any advice or any inspiration to talk to those people directly?
1: Um, I would just say try to look at what belief system made you think that demons are real, like evil things are real, spirits are out there to harm you. Um, And then try to kind of dismantle it and look through it in a different lens. Um, And and like we've kind of said, instead of looking at things as an attack, try to look at it as communication. You know, like, what are they trying to tell me? What what messages are they trying to send? Why would they make me feel like I can't breathe? Why would they feel like I'm choking? Could they be telling me something about how they passed instead of they're attacking you?
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's a really beautiful thing people can do too. And what I kind of tell people, and even my husband who's skeptical about mediumship, and he just believes that when you die, you're just darkness, right? Just forever more darkness.
1: That's what my husband believes too. And I'm like, that's really depressing.
0: I know. So this is what I say. And I'll I'll translate this to you to the same thing where it's like, as long as that belief is helpful for you and helps you live your greatest, most expansive life, then keep it. But if you feel like it's holding you back and you feel like it's keeping you from living like a great life, then take a look at it. right? Right. Helpful. Yes, Hopefully or not. Um, so do you remember your first paranormal investigation? And what made you decide to be a PI?
1: Um, the, the first time, the first times that I like investigated, it was, you know, when I was around 15, 16 years old, and we were going to cemeteries. And just kind of seeing if we could find any type of paranormal activity there. And I I think like the first things that we would pick up on is when we would watch the videos back, you know, like our VHS tapes and, you know, hearing EVPs or hearing voices that we didn't hear when we were there. I think those are the first pieces of evidence that I collected. And I was like, oh, I'm like, there is something else there, you know, like, because it wasn't, me seeing it on a show anymore. It was actually experiencing it and knowing that nobody was talking during that time. It was silent. So there's no reason for that voice to be there.
0: Mm. I love it. Do you do this full time? Like, is this your job or is this just like hobby? <laughs> it's
1: just a hobby. I don't do it full time. Um, I would love to, um, but it is mainly just a hobby. Although I do do a lot of traveling for it. So it could almost be like full time.
0: <laughs> I, I see you with a TV show. So take it from I, the psychic. I see I you. I
1: hope so. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have some of my, my investigations used on like the travel channel used some of my footage on paranormal caught on camera for season two and season three. Um, if they want more for season four, I'm always open, <laughs> but, but um. You know, if they were to approach me with the show, as as long as it was ethical and evidence-based, like, I think it would be something that I'd be up for, but I think one of my dreams, and this is kind of off topic, sorry, but I think one of my my dreams is to have my own haunted place one day where, you know, where I could have people come do their investigations, teach them about investigating, teach them how to use the tools, Run events like, you know, different mediumship events, stuff like that, and just really dive into the paranormal in my own way where I could be my own boss, teach people like I would love that.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm going to send you I can't remember her name right now, so I apologize. But there's a woman doing amazing work down in South America um, using different experiments to get um, spirit of children like for their parents. She only works with parents who have lost children and Mm -hmm. getting them to come through Um, through voice, through smoke, through light. And she's caught some of the most phenomenal apparitions. And what's so cool about it evidentially is that she has all these parents that she works with and um, say their kid dies at um, 21. The way that they'll actually come through is a picture that the investigators never seen of them when they were six. And so she'll just post the image on this message board and the parent says, that's my girl. And then they'll post the picture and it's the same thing. Like it's, really cool techniques that she uses that are very simple um, to get spirit to come through physically in this way for their parents it's kind of cool i'll send you i wish i knew the name off the top of my head um but i just watched a two-hour um lecture that she did uh, a couple months ago i paid for it and it was phenomenal she brought through and nikola tesla is actually her guide and you his voice on recording like full sentences very intelligent it's like you know timothy's coming through now get timothy's mom sandra and like the voice comes through It's some really phenomenal stuff i'll send it to you it's pretty cool please do but i uh, when you're talking about them like that would be so cool like you have people come to your place and you run these experiments that you have had great success with to kind of bring through the evidence that um spirit is intelligent and like loving and they do respond to our intentions yeah. right i love that Okay. So I guess the, um, final question I would ask you from the Instagram audience is how do you control your anxiety or nerves in these situations? You know,
1: it's funny. And it's weird that I chose to work in paranormal where I spend a lot of time in the dark because I, I don't know why, but I've I've hated the dark. I hate being in the dark. It gives me anxiety, anxiety. I don't like not being able to see what's around me. Um, but I think what's really helped is developing as a medium and becoming developing that awareness and um, shifting my focus to not what out there is there to harm me or what could scare me or cause me danger and shifting it to who's there how do they want to communicate what do they want to tell me and um you know, one of the things I've always tried to tell people too is instead of being afraid, be more curious. And that's one of the things that I always try to remember when I'm investigating is if something happens and it spooks me, okay, it spooked me, but now let's be more curious. Where did it come from? Can it happen again? You know, and, and kind of chase after it a little bit more.
0: I love that. I think that is phenomenal advice and very sound for people. So Well, Michael, this has been a very energizing conversation for me. I hope you enjoyed it as well.
1: So much. I loved it.
0: No worries. And so how can people follow your work? How can people connect with you? Give us all those details.
1: Yes. So the platforms that I'm most on are YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. And it's all the same. If you just search glowing ghost paranormal, Mm -hmm. I should pop up.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming and we will see you next time. We'll try to plan this in a couple months where we do an episode on like aliens and UFOs. Cause I know that's your jam too. Mine too. So um, thank you so much, Michael, for coming. Yes. Thank you. Wow. So that was such an energizing conversation for me to have with Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it. I do check him out. I have all the links in the description of this podcast or even this YouTube channel below. And one thing that came up, which was very surprising for me, that we both experienced was that mediumship development really opened up our awareness to this area of spirituality. So just going to plug quickly my initiation program. We start June 21st. This is everything that I I wish I knew on years one to three in mediumship development it is for absolutely anybody anyone who hasn't had a spiritual experience yet around this but is wanting to up to the people who are providing readings who are looking to get clearer more confident and connected to their gifts and abilities there are 11 spaces left at this time on Friday June 11th registration closes on the 19th we get started on summer solstice National People Aboriginals Day on June 21st This is 52 course module lifetime access, live classes with me every week, sitting in the power together every week, two partnered practice readings, so much more. It is such an immersive and expansive experience. I've had so many people go through my method and have absolutely enjoyed it. So if this conversation energized you and got you curious about mediumship development we get started really soon here just in 10 days so I'd be excited and blessed if you would join I have the link below if you want to go check it out more details the dates Um, and you can dm me on instagram at squamish medium if you have any questions at all wishing you guys the best thanks for tuning in this week and we'll see you next week with another episode